This is FBG Jen. And FBG Kristen. And I'm FBG Margot, host and producer. You're listening to the podcast that will help you keep a lid on the junk in the trunk and inspire you to live a happy and confident life. Each episode, we chat with motivational experts and celebs and share our own candid adventures in being healthy. If you're looking for a podcast that's equal parts hilarious and enlightening, well then welcome to the Fit Bottom Girls podcast. Gym bag and workout clothes smelling not so uh, fresh? Well, hey, that's okay because we've all been there. And we have a great natural solution for you. Inspire Bath's new gym bag spray with natural odor control in a one-ounce travel size that you can just throw in your bag to freshen up your clothes, your sports equipment, or anything else that just gets a little bit funky post-workout. Get yours now at inspirebath.com. Welcome back to the Fit Button Girls podcast. This is FBG Margot, and on the line today we have FBG Jen. Hey. And we have FBG Kristen. Hola. Hola. Our guest today is Stephanie Ruper. She's her book is Coconuts and Kettlebells. She is with paleoforwomen.com. Jen and I conducted this interview with her and this woman attends Oxford University and she's getting her PhD in philosophy. So I'm going to guess she's one of the smartest people we've had on the show. What do you think? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> but also very down to earth. Like she oh, was yeah. like yeah, we had like such a I felt like a great normal conversation and then we also kind of talked to her a little bit about like okay so what's Oxford like and what's it like to study for your PhD in philosophy huh it was good and she describes it as very Harry Potter-ish that's her life which I just that made me so happy when she said that me too, me too. <laughs> so Stephanie is passionate about people eating more and better foods v- versus restriction and we we talk about this you guys you know binge and then restrict and these shame cycles that people get into she thinks you eat, need to eat more you need to eat better she really talks about macronutrients so if you're curious about that she talks about it and she also told us like this is how she cured her own PCOS and acne issues was by eating more and eating better. So I think you guys are going to really enjoy this interview. Once again, she's super down to earth and she's going to create a philosophy podcast soon on top of all the other things that she does. So I'm so glad she's been on the show today. She is on our show today, excuse me. And then I'm also super duper excited about stickers. Kristen, can you talk about stickers? For sure. Yeah. So we've got Fit Bottomed Girls stickers to hand out to our lovely fans. All you need to do is drop us an email at podcast at fitbottomedgirls.com and let us know that you would dig a sticker, send us your address, and we will get one in the mail to you. And I, I love them. I think that it's really fun to have them on things that I carry around. They're, they're kind of interesting conversation starters. And, you know, it just lets you kind of show that you that you're digging the show you're digging the site which we love and you know what if you get one go ahead take a picture share it on instagram tag us and maybe we'll you know share that in a story or something that i think that would be really fun 
yeah, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode. And our social media call outs, all of them, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, all the good stuff is at Fit Bottom Girls. And please sure, be sure to tag us if you do take a photo of it. And uh, please leave a five-star review in Apple Podcasts because if you do, we will read that review on the air. Isn't that exciting? Yes, it is. So you guys, we're going to just jump right into our interview today with Stephanie Ruper. This episode is inspired by Inspire Bath. Remember to keep your workout fresh and smelling great with Inspire Bath's new gym spray with natural odor control in a one-ounce travel size that easily goes anywhere. You can even buy a larger refill bottle for less waste. Just get yours now at InspireBath.com. Stephanie Ruper is the co-author of Coconuts and Kettlebells, a personalized four-week food and fitness plan for long-term health, happiness, and freedom. She founded the website paleoforwomen.com in 2012 and is regarded as the leading authority on the paleo diet for women. She is also the author of Sexy by Nature, and she holds a bachelor degree in biogeochemistry from Dartmouth College, a master's degree in philosophy from Boston University, and is currently working towards her PhD in philosophy at the University of Oxford. Welcome to the show, Stephanie. Hi, thank you. Well, thank you for being on the show today. It's myself, FBG Margo, and on the line today, we have FBG Jen. Hey. So we're going to start with your book, Coconuts and Kettlebells. You encourage people to eat more and better foods throughout the day for optimal health. So up to 2,000 calories, excuse me. So can you please tell us about macronutrients and the macronutrient ratio folks should follow? Sure. Yeah. So this is a book that I that I co-authored with a woman named Noelle Tarr, who's fabulous. And one of the foundational principles of the book is sort of noticing, again, working with women's health, and I run paleoforwomen.com and have for years. So many of the problems that we have are because we are not nourished enough. And we have this culture, our culture, all of it, it's not just pieces of it, but all of it is focused on how to eat less, right? And everything that we do around food is, is based on restrictions, right? Like don't eat X, don't eat Y, don't eat Z. And also numbers, right? First it was 1800 calories a day, then it's 1500, then it's like now 1200 is a magic number. And it's like, how low can we go here, friends? You know, how, how low are we gonna take this? And the same thing applies to macronutrients. And so I, was writing a program for weight loss, actually, a few years ago, when I decided that what I wanted people to do, I was looking at low carb and low fat. And I happen to be of the opinion that both types of diets can be effective for weight loss. And it really depends on your personal physiology and preferences and what have you. And so in this program that I was writing for weight loss, I decided to tell people, okay, get your minimum X, Y, and Z, you know, get your minimum amount of macronutrients that you need, because I really do think that like, we need fat every day, we need protein every day. And yeah, there are things you can do without carbohydrates for some amount of time. But generally speaking, a minimum amount of carbohydrate will not hurt you either, especially if you're working on a wide variety of health problems. So I said here, hit your minimum levels, and then fill in the rest of your calories 2000, you know, like fill in the rest, fill in the with 
really good stuff of whatever macros you like, you know, whatever is better for you. And so in this book, Coconuts and Kettlebells, our minimums are 50 grams of fat a day, 100 grams of carbohydrate and 50 grams of protein. And now I know that that's quite low, but again, we're setting minimum bars and then you add more based on, again, if you're an athlete, you're going to eat more protein, right? You probably, you might want to be eating more carbohydrate. If you're trying to fix fertility issues, we bump up your carbohydrate intake. If you're uh, breastfeeding, right? But if you're working with insulin resistance and we say, yeah, okay, you're going to want to try a lower carbohydrate approach for a while. So this is sort of, it's a very personalized approach to to health. And, and we know that this isn't particularly good for marketing, right? We're not like, here's the two things you can do and you're going to lose X amount of fat in, in a week. We, we can't do that. But what we can do is provide you with guidelines and information on figuring out like what is best tailored to your personal physiology. So I think before we get into maybe some of our more questions, can you just give our listeners who aren't familiar as to just like what even macros are? Just a rundown of, of what that is, just the basics. I see. Is that what I, that's what I was supposed to do first? Okay. So. Oh, all good. All good. No, we're just like busted down. It's just, you know, like I know we know what we're talking about, but sometimes, you know, people could be like, what the hell is this whole macro thing? You know? Yeah. I'm sorry. Am I all audience, good? Like, all good. All- in my audience, all we ever do is talk about macros. Oh, right. <laughs> You're speaking your speak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On the Well-Fed Women podcast, which is amazing. Everybody, just kidding. Um, okay. So uh, we there are three main macronutrients, and it's uh, that we have divided them into these categories, and they're all forms of energy that your body needs and burns and utilizes in different ways based on the type. There's fat, there's protein, and there's carbohydrate. Uh, protein is usually it's found in animal products. You know, it's muscle tissue, it's cartilage, it's, it's that sort of thing. And it can also be found in plants, although it's different in plants. And usually the the kinds of, of protein in plants are not necessarily what we would call complete. And so you need to be careful if you're a vegetarian to balance the kinds of plant proteins that you're consuming. So um, those are proteins. Fats are the oils that you encounter in your life. Butter, uh, egg yolks are very fatty. There are some fats in uh, in most plants, very tiny amounts. And then some plants are a lot of fat, like avocados, right? So uh, those are fats. And then carbs, you know, a lot of people think of carbs as like bread and pasta. And that's true. They are carbohydrates. But literally, pretty much all plant products are carbohydrates to some degree or another. Uh, Vegetables and fruits, potatoes are all carbohydrates. But again, within each of these categories, the fats and the proteins and the carbs, there are still many different divisions within them. And what we do in Coconuts and Kettlebells is try to teach people like not to villainize one macronutrient, but rather in all of the macronutrients that you eat, focus on eating the highest quality ones, you know, the most nutrient dense ones you can find. So in regards to health, your plan talks about people pursuing more rather than less in their lives. So can you talk a little bit about this and what you mean by this? Yeah. So I mentioned already when I was supposed to be telling you what carbs were, um, (laughs) that we have this, we have this very restrictive culture and we're always saying, you know, less, less, less restrict, restrict, restrict. You have to eat less and exercise more. And this is all in pursuit of a calorie deficit, which, you know, I understand is can be an important component of weight loss. But the thing is, you 
really in order to do these types of things in a sustainable way, right? Like in a way that's going to last you for years, for your life, uh, you need to, uh, it really should happen from a place of uh, real solid psychological health, real solid, like positive relationship with food. You're not constantly wrestling with all the foods that you're trying to avoid. Plus it's proven psychologically that the more you tell yourself to avoid something, the more you obsess over it. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's just, it's not psychologically productive and whether that feels to people like it's not helpful enough, doesn't change the fact that it's, it's definitely like the, cornerstone of laying groundwork for like lifelong health and fitness and what what do we say in the cover of the book happiness and freedom and what have you you know it's it's really important then so to not feel like restricted to not be obsessive over counting your things and instead to learn to work with your body to learn to focus on nourishing your body because on one hand, we want cal- you know you want to see a calorie deficit, quote unquote, in order to lose weight, perhaps. But perhaps more importantly, you want your body to be healthy so you feel good and also so it functions well. And this really comes from giving yourself as much nutrients as you possibly can, and that means eating more food. And that's not a bad thing, you know. It's really, really not, and it's not going to make everybody gain a lot of weight, especially if you're eating, if you're focusing on you know, really high quality stuff. It's much, it's just, it's much more on the side of health and everything that follows. And all that really it takes is stepping away, taking a bigger picture look at what's going on in our culture. So I'd love for you to, um, let's just drill down into that just a little bit more. Cause I think that's so interesting. You know, that mindset piece we are like, so about, you can't hate yourself healthy. Like you really have to, you know, love yourself and start from that place to make small changes to see what works for you and what doesn't work for you and kind of go from there. When you have, you know, listeners, readers, um, followers who come to you and, you know, maybe they are trying to go for weight loss goal or something, or maybe they do have, you know, a very restrictive past with those obsessive thoughts about, food. How do you, are there like some, some different warning signs or some advice that you give when you do start to see women like, okay, we're not fully approaching this from, you know, the right mindset. How do you help them shift to that right, right mindset? Because, you know, like if someone is going completely paleo, there are a lot of things that you, you know, can't have. So what do you look for in that kind of a circumstance? Well, I, I mean, these are two very large questions, which is yeah. <laughs> what, what, what does having a disordered relationship with food look like? And then, and then what do you do about it? Uh, what it looks like, I think is, you know, looking from the outside, it's hard to identify. I can do it, you know, in a dining hall when I see somebody sit down with a plate, a heap full of vegetables, but nothing else. Cause that's been me. And I don't mean, I don't mean to like assume what, what's going on for them, but a lot of like high, high density nutritious foods like plants but without the fats and the carbs when i see that in eating behavior you know the lean chicken breast on a plate of greens as the thing that we do in our culture that we trumpet as healthy these things are usually warning signs that you're being restrictive even if you don't know it you know and of course, then something that we see a lot in this kind of behavior and that I was stuck in for decades is 
uh, what I have called, and many people have many different names for these sorts of things, the binge restrict cycle. Noel, and in our book, Coconuts and Kettlebells, we call it the shame cycle. And what happens is you restrict your calories or your carbs or your fats or whatever it is you're doing for X amount of time, or maybe you exercise a lot. You know, maybe you go for an hour long run in the morning and then again at night or something. And you're feeling kind of cool about that because you're restricting, but you're also feeling very deprived because physiologically you are quite deprived of food and energy and what have you. And your body has all of these mechanisms in it that will try to get you to nourish yourself more. Right. And so these urges you have to eat build up and then you eat, but because there has been so much momentum in that direction and you've been resisting it for so long, it becomes something that, that, all of a sudden it's huge, right? And maybe you have four cheeseburgers or a few boxes of cereal or a case of what a case of donuts, whatever. I've done it all. I've done all of the things. So, so then you do that and then you feel terrible about it. And then you restrict again and it's over and under and over and under and over and under and eating. And I can't tell you how many times I've seen this kind of behavior, you know, in, in women. So that's definitely something to look for in yourself. And I used to, and I really regret it. When I first started out working in this space, I used to try to help people like fast their way, right? Restrict their way out of this problem. You just have to be good. I'm like, you just have to be quote unquote good, you know, for a few weeks and then everything will be fine. You'll be back to act this weight and then you'll just have a good balance. Uh, but I was absolutely a hundred percent wrong. The real way to get out of this I'm fighting a sneeze. The real way to get out of this uh, cycle is to actually stop restricting and start eating more. And it's terrifying for a lot of people, but it's absolutely the most surefire way to do it because then you start to feel fed, right? Physiologically and emotionally. And I just, I, all I have to say is about that is don't be scared. You know, let yourself experiment with this. Just try, just see what happens because it really does make a change in, in the way that you relate to food and, and can totally get rid of those kinds of behaviors. So that's what some things that it looks like. And I guess a piece of advice, I don't want to talk for the next 40 minutes or 40 hours about it, but I could. So. No, that's perfect. That's awesome. And why we're kind of down there, I know you kind of mentioned a little bit about your story. Did you want to share a little bit more about your past and what kind of led you to this? Sure. (laughs) That's also kind of a big question, right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I love it. I mean, led you here. Yeah. (laughs) It's not a particularly unique story, right? I grew up in a home where people were dieting and in a culture where people wanted to be slender and I wasn't necessarily, and, um, was just always really trying. And I remember I was in high school and, you know, having, uh, eating very, very little, and and developing a twice a day exercise regimen and all that stuff. And it never worked precisely because I would fall into these cycles then of over and under eating. And that persisted for ages. And of course it worsened in college, which is so universally true for very, very many people. And then uh, what happened was at at the end of my time in college, I, I started to win quote unquote win. Uh, I actually got sick. This is terrible. Like I got a stomach bug. And I couldn't eat for a few days. And then I like had enough momentum to keep starving myself, you know, and for months and I lost 30 pounds in a couple months, which was a lot because, you know, not a very large person. And I stopped menstruating and I was like, okay, fine. 
fine. And over the course of the next few months, I developed a really serious case of acne, like really, really terrible acne um, issues with uh, all other sorts of hormone imbalance problems, um, libido and, and, and sleep and, and what have you. And that went on for a while. And I finally went to see a doctor and he was like, oh, you have PCOS. And I was like, what's that? And I realized that the the way that people normally talk about PCOS is that you need to lose weight and exercise more. And that sort of legitimized me doing what I had been doing. But I also know there was, they knew that there was some kind of fishy about that. And so I started doing a lot of reading about uh, PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is a fertility condition uh, that affects a lot of women. And I eventually then realized that PCOS can actually be caused by many other things. Okay, sorry everybody, I have a printer humming in the background and I, I don't know when it's going to stop, so I'm going <laughs> to uh, keep talking I'm gonna keep talking about PCOS. Yeah, and so I I did so much reading in in medical journals and what I was looking for was a way to heal my PCOS and stay thin and heal my acne, which you know, terrified me. I was trying to do all of these things at the same time. And the more and more I read, the more and more I realized that that was never, never going to happen because I had serious health problems because I was under eating. You know, I was also, uh, I had problems with my bone density, right? All, all these sorts of things. I was anemic. And so I, and then I read a book about feminism, which was kind of the first time I had ever been exposed to that sort of thing in my life. And I realized that it wasn't just me, but it was all of us who are sort of trapped in this world of thinking that eating less is like a way to be healthy and attractive and all of these sorts of things, right? Like that's, that's the secret, but it's, it's not, it's not, it definitely, it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't, you don't have to live that way. And as a matter of fact, if you don't, you can end up feeling, uh, you can end up feeling better being healthier and all of those sorts of things. So uh, then I started paleo for women because I, I had these ideas about, specifically what women needed uh, both emotionally and physically in order in order to be healthy when was that when uh 2012 yeah. okay it's just so funny like your story mirrors my story almost like so was perfectly. it at the exact same time it wasn't i'm, a, I'm probably a little bit older than you mine is very much in like 2007 2008 and got help, but it really was the feminism piece that i i worked with a registered dietitian who specialized in intuitive eating and stuff and she was like, can you imagine what the women of this world could do if they knew they were more than the number of the scale or didn't put so much of their power there? And for me, I was just like, oh, my God, my mind's blown. You know, exactly. like I wasted so much time. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's so similar. And I, I think that it's not I, I think there's a gazillion of women out there that are still, because it's so just culturally accepted, it's so ingrained in our day-to-day -day life and our upbringings, and it's everywhere. Yeah, it is. But it doesn't well, have to be. That's why everyone's listening to all of this information, right? Yes, yes, and thank you for fighting break the good free. fight. Break, break free. So let's take a turn into fitness. So part of your program is there's a four-week fitness plan. How do you make it easy enough for people to sort of do it on their own? Uh, well, I don't because I know nothing about fitness. I joke mostly. So 
my co-author Noelle Tarr is a fitness specialist and a personal trainer and many other, she has a ton of letters after her name and I'm not certain what they mean, but she has them. (laughs) And so she works a lot with kettlebells and she loves kettlebells because if you have one at home, you're like good to go. You can do anything. And she thinks that they're a very accessible way for people to, you know, be able to exercise. And she actually has a workout program called strong from home. That's fantastic. But a lot, you know, a fair amount of that content is also in our book, coconuts and kettlebells. And she, all of the photos, there's, you know, every exercise has photos and they're all photos of Noel and, Uh, She really breaks down the fitness component into all different levels, right? All different uh, types of preferences that you might have, all different types of goals. You know, she always says when you're starting out on a fitness journey, ask you, like, think about what your goals are. You know, what am I trying to achieve here? Am I looking for uh, weightlifting gains, right? Am I looking to be able to uh, have certain cardiovascular fitness? Am I looking to just be able to play with my kids when I'm older, you know, like what am I looking for flexibility? Think about what your goals are. And then in this program that she hands out, you can find a way, you know, she gives you a way to, to meet them, which is, which is really great. And I've done a lot of the workouts. I have a kettlebell in my room here in my tiny little Oxford dorm. Um, and it's, uh, it's really wonderful. And that's coming from somebody again, who doesn't really like the gym thing. So what's a typical day like for you? Uh, I, I wake up, uh, later than pretty much everybody else around noon. And I immediately, because my circadian rhythm is shifted, uh, somewhat intentionally, I, in order to reinforce my circadian rhythm, I go, I exercise. I try to make that at least an hour long cycle outside. So, uh, sorry, in England, we call it cycling. I ride my bike and, and then I come back and have a big meal. A big meal, you know, early in the day is is good for a circadian rhythm. And then I go to the library and then I have dinner with friends and then I go back to the library and I will stay there until I go to bed, uh, which would probably be around 5 a.m. But uh, and I do that in large part because the libraries here are very nice at nighttime and I enjoy it. And also a couple days a week, I will go out salsa dancing because I dance and teach salsa. And that's, that's kind of my life. I do travel a fair bit, but when I'm here, like I'm here and I'm, I'm sitting at a desk, you know, all day. So it's my life. So you're studying to get your PhD in philosophy. That is correct. So how does this study align with your health and wellness goals? (sighs) (laughs) I love that side. It's a heck of a question. You know, on the surface, it, it, it doesn't like they're very different worlds. And I actually, I started the paleo for women work when I was doing my master's degree and feeling really useless. You know, I wanted, I wanted to be doing something that was concrete, making a difference in people's lives. Uh, and I, so in that way they have been somewhat separate, but I am also in mid October, I don't know when this is airing, but mid October I'm launching uh, a new podcast and website and stuff for my personal brand as a philosopher. And it will have some very deep underlying threads with what I do with paleo for women in terms of um, helping people understand themselves, helping us understand culture and trying to set us free from the norms that we've been sort of weighed down by and, 
uh, become the best possible versions of ourselves. And of course, yeah, what I'll, we'll be talking, my new podcast is called The Meaning of Everything. And so we'll be talking a lot about uh, philosophical things, but in a way that like deeply, hopefully deeply resonates with, uh, with people in their day-to-day lives. So uh, uh, yeah, that's, it's kind of connected, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's cool. Thanks. Yeah, but you we'll see. the definition of like a, like a true night owl. I, yes, yes, absolutely. I am. And I said 5am to try to like go soft on y'all, but recently it's been more like seven, which is a little, it's a little bit late for me, but um, yeah, I like the night. Wow. So, oh man, I had a good follow up question about that and I've lost it. So I guess I'll go to my backup one that I had. Oh, that's what, okay. So you're in a dorm room. Yes. Um, How are you, how are, are you eating Like, what are, are you cooking? Like, got any tips there? What are you, what are you doing? (laughs) Um, How do you feed yourself in the dorm? Just the same as living anywhere. I, there are kitchens, you know, and and I do a lot of cooking for myself in Oxford. You know, (laughs) I spent my whole life, I think a lot of people do, especially when you live in the States, thinking that Harry Potter is this like magical dream world that's totally invented, but it's actually a lot like you know, British, British schools and culture here. Um, so like they do meals in, in, in dining halls all across Oxford. And so they do prepare meals and they're pretty healthy where I live. And so I eat, I eat them. Um, I'm sure they cook with vegetable oils, but I, you know, I do that occasionally and it's okay. I not, it's not atypical for me to have cake with the dinner here. Um, but yeah, I, I do, I, I cook, uh, I cook by myself and it's fine. And I do everything very simply. I do a lot of batch preparing, especially of protein, you know, like I'll, I'll roast a whole chicken and that'll last me for five days, something like that, which is uh, very, very convenient. And then I, you know, will microwave vegetables or make a little salad and batch prepare if I can. And that's kind of it. And I'm I just absolutely, it's great. Um, very, very simple. And, you, and uh, these types of things, perhaps they take some effort at the beginning to figure out, you know, how you want to do it and get in the swing of thing. But once you do, it's just, it's very, it's very easy to, to carry out your, your routines, you know. How much longer do you have to study there? Uh, it's, it's ambiguous. I, my dissertation is pretty much done. I'm just kind of sitting on it. Ooh, okay. <laughs> um, Cause I'm, I'm working on a couple of books currently and Oxford is a great place to be for for writing books and I love living here actually I have a really really delightful group of friends here so I may maybe another year um but it's it's very flexible and I'm never I never really have a place that you know I don't know where I'll be next um but it's nice here for now so I'm here for now it's awesome one I mean kind of random question what what are your thoughts? Because it's something that oh my gosh, I see it everywhere. Um, keto. You got thoughts on? <laughs> you got thoughts on keto? Before I answer that, do you have strong feelings one way or the other? Because I don't want to like really upset your <laughs> audience. I, I have no emotional I think, attachment to it. I do not, and I know that like I know for some people they're like, oh my gosh, it's changed my life. Da 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 da. For me, it all comes down to intention and mindset. So. Mm. Like very much, you know, like, are, is it just another diet? Are you going to get back into that shame cycle, the restrict, the binge cycle? Or is it something that does allow you to, for the first time, maybe have more fats in your diet because you've been eating a little for forever and have just been like nutritionally starved to have more protein and fat and feel better? Yeah. So, but no, I mean, really, say what you want to okay. say. Here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
I thought we did this already. Like, if if you've been in the health scene, in right. nutritional, <laughs> like, we did this. This was six years ago, and I was part of the crowd of people who came in and was like, hey, just wait a second. You know, just wait a second. Let's be cautious. And then everyone was like, oh, yeah, cool. Carbs are cool. And all the famous all the famous people were like, yeah, eat your potatoes. The whole 30 was like, eat your potatoes. We're putting them back in and Rob Wolf and eat your potatoes. And now they're <laughs> everybody's, everybody's back. I, I got an email today from a famous person. I won't name that was like, are you eating a low carb diet to shave years off your life? I'm like, oh, okay. 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 So th- I readily admit that ketosis can be therapeutic for people but not everybody, you know? And I also think that when you go into ketosis, when you decide that you're going to eat a very low carbohydrate diet, you need to be, like you said, very intentional about it because you will perhaps be at risk of missing out on certain nutrients that are found in plants. And if you're not eating plants, like that's, that's a concern. For example, like scurvy. Um, Most people probably won't eat so few plants that they get scurvy, (laughs) but it's, 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 it's a hyperbolic possibility. It is a possibility. And, and also if you don't want to be in ketosis forever, you need to understand that when you come off of it, you have to be really careful because your body will be really insulin insensitive and, and it's not necessarily a pathological problem, right? But reintroducing carbs is, it's, it's going to be it may very well be really tough. And uh, I just, and there are a wide number of people for whom I would never recommend ketosis. And that would by and large be a lot of the people in my own audience, women who have chronically been under eating, you know, chronically been um, starving themselves, really concerned about fertility or skin problems. I mean, not everybody with skin problems needs carbs, but there's just, there's a lot of people for whom eliminating carbohydrates is just like, not a great, not a great idea. And for what, you know, like when you fast, for example, and fasting and ketosis are not altogether that biochemically different, but when you fast, like a lot of people talk about how great they feel, but the reason you feel great is because you have a lot of stress hormones running in your system, like adrenaline, you know, and that's cool. Adrenaline's fine, but you should also know that that's, that that's what you're doing and keep an eye out when you do your ketosis, keep an eye out for any kind of symptoms that might come up. You know, is your libido changing? Is your skin changing? Is your sleep changing? Is your mood changing? All these sorts of things, because it really is like a huge, huge physiological change. Um, and again, I, I think it's worth experimenting with, especially if you have lots and lots of weight that you'd like to lose. I think it, it could definitely be worthwhile, but I just want people to like, be cognizant of what it is they're doing. Amen, sister. Amen. Oh my Amen. goodness, I'm so no glad you kidding. Oh no, I have a I have a friend that like she talked about like I had red peppers the other day and I know that's not keto but they were so delicious and I had to have them. Like you had a red pepper, that's awesome. Right. <laughs> they have like there's, there should be no guilt involved yeah. in any food, but especially not a red pepper. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, it's filled with vitamin C and all that good stuff. So yeah, thank you. Don't get scurvy. Yes. Don't eat in a way that <laughs> no one should have scurvy in this day and age. Yeah, God, yeah, we're not like. Century. Because you want to lose 10 pounds. Not cool. No, we're not Arctic explorers in the 1800s. You right. know? Like it shouldn't be a thing. And that's exactly the thing is everybody's like, well, how can I be starving? I live in, you know, America today where food is really abundant. And I'm like, well, that's the thing is, you know, your body is your, 
your body doesn't know what you're trying to do here with ketosis. It just thinks that you're like, <laughs> you know, that you can't eat any carbs. It doesn't know why. It doesn't know you're trying to be healthy. Um, so just, yeah, be safe, kids. That's awesome. Uh, Jen, do you have any more questions? Uh, Stephanie, let me oh, wait, I was on mute. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. So, Jen, do you have this any more questions? Like, we've all had our moment today. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, audience. <laughs> it's a Friday afternoon. No, I do not have another question. I, I like the stay safe message, and I think we should. I think we should go to the the, the final question, the final stuff, Margot. Okay. Well, we have first, you need, Stephanie. First, we need to have you tell our audience where they can find you on social media. Wow. Well, many places. If you want to follow my health work, um, my all my handles are Paleo for Women on Facebook, Instagram, uh, primarily. And then if you happen to be into philosophy and the meaning of stuff, uh, you can find me at uh, stephanieruper.com or on um, those are my handles on, on Insta too. So yeah, find me anywhere. Awesome. And then we do have one more question for you and that will let you go enjoy the night mm -hmm. as you like to do. So what was the last song you listened to before you did this podcast interview? Wow. Um, okay. A, I just realized that I should have told you I have a podcast called Well-Fed Women and it's great. And there's a book called Coconuts and Kettlebells. Well, um, absolutely. So we'll have that in the intro too. Those. Yes. And then uh, what, which um, I listened to Bruce Springsteen's I'm on Fire. That was the last song I listened to. Oh, that's a great song. Yes. I was kind of expecting like a salsa song or something. Yeah. Well, I I, was going, I will be going later this evening, but that was uh, with what I did a half hour ago. That's awesome. Yeah. Stephanie, thank well, you so much for being on the show today. We were a great guest. Was, in spite of all these glitches that we all three had, <laughs> it was a really great interview. Yeah. Thank you very much for your patience. And um, it's been wonderful. Thank you. Love this show? Tell us why in a five-star review on iTunes, and we'll read it on the air. Also, make sure you are a subscriber. If you want to reach out to say hi or have a question about a recent episode, yay, well, feel free to email us at podcast at fitfoundgirls.com. And if this podcast jives perfectly with your brand, consider sponsoring the show. Get more info by emailing advertising at fitbottomgirls.com. Find all kinds of Fit Bottom goodness online and on social media at Fit Bottom Girls, Fit Bottom Mamas, Fit Bottom Eats, and Fit Bottom Zen. And if books and movies are your thing, check out the other podcast I co-host called Book vs. Movie, which you can find anywhere where you search for podcasts. Thanks for listening.